You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Thanks for joining us on Racing Nation. It's a big weekend of racing in Victoria this weekend. Australian Cup headlines activities on Saturday. Now, thanks to South East Queensland Virtual Assistance. Let's see if we can help you find a winner or two across the weekend. The man to do that from thepuntingbaron.com.au. Shane Matthews, how are you? Very good, James. How are you, mate? Yes, excellent. Another big weekend of racing in your neck of the woods. Dual Group 1. Keeps rolling around, doesn't it? So we had the big All-Star Mile and Golden Slipper Day last week and, again, Dual State uh, Group 1 and uh, Dual... Um, dual meeting group ones down here in Victoria as you mentioned with the William Reid on Friday night at Mooney Valley and then the Australian Cup on Saturday in its new time slot uh, which has been much debated and uh, that runs alongside the the Vinery and the Tancred up in Sydney so plenty of good racing it probably is a bit of a lull weekend uh, it's the first week of first day of the championship next week so it's certainly, the Sydney meeting looks a little one, a little bit of an in-between meeting, given we had the five group ones last week, and obviously Derby, Doncaster, and TJ Smith next weekend, I think. And uh, it's pretty much the closure of the carnival in in Victoria. I think we go to Bendigo next Saturday for yes. their Golden Mile meeting, which is always actually a really good meeting. Uh, but yeah, kind of round out the carnival a little bit on. Saturday uh, with the Australian Cup looks a competitive field and uh, the William Reid uh, likewise on likewise on Friday night. They certainly don't look uh, straightforward races, that's for sure. Well, let's see if we can find a few winners. We'll start with the Friday meeting, Mooney Valley meeting. As you mentioned, it's uh, William Reid stakes night. Uh, Track-wise, conditions, thoughts, what do you think will happen there? Well, we copped an absolute hammering this morning. I don't know, it wasn't in the forecast, but uh, we copped some uh, pretty serious storms in Melbourne and around Victoria this morning, But and that's actually pushed the track into the soft five range. I actually think it's probably a godsend. It means they're not going to have to water the track most likely. Uh, it's probably just given the track that little bit of cushion. Uh, conditions have cooled down a little bit, so certainly not as warm as what we've had in previous weeks. So I think by the time they jump tomorrow night, what comes the first race, 6.15. Uh, I think the track will be back into the good range rather than the true position, expecting it to pretty much play as the Valley normally does, and uh, being up on speed certainly won't be a disadvantage. All right, well, let's have a look. You're keen on a couple of races. Well, we'll, we'll throw out a few tips that you like for those that are tuning in early for the Friday night. Race 1 and Race 7, Race 7 being the feature we'll look at. Race 1, always good to back the first on a Friday Particularly, Ascend Sales Trophies Handicap. This one, over the mile, it's a benchmark 70. Yeah, and a good, I think it's an interesting little race to actually kick, kick the night off. Uh, I haven't really gone too far outside the ordinary here, and, and no shock, but I thought it looked an ideal race for the favourite in number eight, Cap de Joie. It looks a race where there's some really good speed on paper, the likes of Caesar. East India Man, Piaggio, Sharper, they are all horses that like to get up on speed and roll along. So I think it's going to set up a good tempo. Thought Captain Israel was pretty good first up, uh, took up a position just off the speed. Loomed to win the race, but ran into the uh, race kick unusual culture, who was actually a little bit unlucky at stand down on Wednesday and just wasn't able to reel that horse in with a big weight. 
Uh, previous campaign, her form around the likes of St. Fathens, Picarones, that looks really good. She looked at there uh, to have some really good promise, but the issue was she was just getting too far back in her races. What I liked about that run first up, she was able to take a position a little bit closer to the speed, hoping she won't be too far off from here from the middle to wide draw. Hopefully, there's some good speed on up front. That allows her to blend into the race. If she's within striking distance, I think she's going to be pretty hard to hold out and uh, stripping fitter for that first up run. Uh, she looks well placed here. I think she's the one to beat, Cap de Joie. Uh, saving on number 10, Soaring Eagle. This horse is airborne. Her three runs this time in have been excellent. She was good behind Wishlaw Lash with a big price first up. She then ran, beat All Bar No Secret second up, who went on to, I think, win again after that run, uh, and then went to Packenham and was just completely dominant last start. She absolutely owned that race and made a mess of them. But the margin of two and a half lengths was probably a little flattering to the others. It could have been more. She matched to get a lovely run on speed for Mark Zara just off the speed. Uh, Mare's in form. You like to stick with them. Thought around the 7 to $8 mark you could save on her. Pretty confident two-bet play here to kick the weekend off with Cap de Joie and Soaring Eagle. All right, that's your thoughts on the first. Let's go to the feature. It's race seven, three-point motors. William Reed stakes 1,200 metres weight for Rage Group 1. Yeah, look, this is an easy. <laughs> it's a very competitive race. Uh, Imperatrice, the man from New Zealand, has come up favourite. She was outstanding first up in Australia. Uh, she looked all over the winner, uh, only to be run down late by Artorias, who yeah, absolutely bombed home in the last... 50 metres. He was then very good behind Animo in the George Ryder on Saturday. So she's clearly a deserved favourite. She she matched to get the right run just off the speed. Uh, she's going to be in the finish, you would think. So she's a deserved favourite. Do I want to be tumbling in at the 340, 350? Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> Bit short for me. I'll, uh, she could win without me at that price. Uh, couple of others that are in the market. King of Sparta was excellent in the Oakley Plate, but just where does he get to? The barrier draw, he draws wide. Uh, it, just, it just looks a bit of an awkward map for him. And the other horse that's been really well backed is in the Congo. Uh, yeah, uh, that might be a bit of stable money or people following the Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott team, who are obviously going really well. But, gee, uh, his trials haven't really... Um, captured my eye and he was pretty plain here at Mooney Valley in the spring uh, against Rothfire. He didn't seem to really handle the valley at all that day. So from gate one, he's going to have to be used up early to hold out the other speed runners. Uh, so I was, a, I was pretty happy to take him on and Jigsaw obviously faces, faces his toughest test, having strung quite a few together. Uh, he's around the 6 to $7 mark and probably a winning chance, but Pretty close to horses like Imperatrice in the market. Uh, that leads me to... And then we've got Benedetta, who at the stage of... Um, at the time that we're actually talking, is still a dual acceptor because she's down to run at Flemington against what you need on Saturday. I'm not really sure where they go. But again, a, a real step up in class for her to a race like this. So that left me with Imperatrice's fellow Kiwi in Babylon, Berlin. If you go back, just going back and looking at a few of the replays of these horses racing against each other in New Zealand, there's not a lot between them, uh, particularly when they've raced over 1,200 metres. Imperatrice was dominant over Babylon, Berlin, over 1,400 metres, but that probably saw Babylon, Berlin out. I think 
back to the 1,200 metres. Her last start win was brilliant. It was, you know, she took on a lower grade, but she absolutely walked in. Uh, her form around Levant, she's been very close to that horse, been very close to Imperatrice. And in a lot of those races in New Zealand, they've been on big tracks, big, big straights that have suited those horses kind of bombing home off the speed. Babylon Berlitz has been left in front a long way from home. I just think this valley track might really suit her and narrow the gap pretty significantly with Imperatrice and maybe even flip it in her favour. She draws gate two for Blake Shin. He's riding fantastically well. She's going to land right on the speed. I mean, she's come up about four times the price of the Imperatrice, and I don't think there's a lot between them. I think she gets her chance to turn the tables from gate. So I think she's going to give you a great sight, Babylon Berlin. Uh, to a lesser extent, a couple of bigger odds I was going to have something on was September Run. Uh, following a pretty familiar pattern, ran really well in the Lightning, flopped in the new market, and then she normally comes out and runs really well in this race. So hopefully she does that again here. She matched to get a lovely run from gate six for Nash. I can see her ducking and weaving and picking her way through the field. She does race well here at Mini Valley. I think I think around the $20 mark, she's going to run well. And the other one was front page. Uh, I thought its new market run was quite good. It's another that's going to land up on speed. Uh, if it's improved from its first up run, it can give a little bit of a sight, but probably had it behind the other two. Uh, tricky race. It's not easy. Certainly won't be surprising if Territory comes out and wins. But I just thought at the price difference, uh, there was a bit of value with Babylon Berlin. So happy to back her uh, and then save on September run and again to a lesser extent, number six front page. But uh, it's an intriguing William Reid for 2023. Okay, that's our look at racing there on Friday night. Racing on Saturday takes us to Flemington, headlined, of course, by the Australian Stakes. Keen to bet in the first here as well. So we'll have a look at, what are we looking at here? Races 1, 7 and 8. So we'll start, of course, at the top of the page. Race number 1, and this one here is the Good Friday Appeal Trophy. Over 1,100 metres for the four-year-olds and upwards mares. What do you like in the first on Saturday? Oh, sorry, first of all, well, <laughs> track conditions-wise, what's your thoughts? How will we play Saturday? Uh, yeah, so we've obviously got a little bit of rain, as I said. So Flemington at the moment is also in the top five, but the rail moves out to that eight-metre position. It's, that's starting to get into the position where we see them start to come down the middle of the track a little bit more. And I thought even I thought even on a uh, new market day, I was calling it Australian Cup Day, of course. This is Australian Cup Day. Uh, on new market day a couple of weeks ago, we saw them quite early in the day. I think the first race the Sparkle one, we saw it get, it was off the fence quite early in the day. So I wouldn't be surprised if on Saturday we do just see them start to use those middle to wider lanes a little bit more, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a massive advantage or disadvantage either way, expecting every horse to again get their chance. All right, so what do you like in the first? Yeah, good race. A uh, couple of handy, a uh, couple of... Yeah, a couple of our old favourites going around here. Look, it looks a really good race for Varenskova. Uh, she's a straight track specialist uh, with Serides in the in the race up the top of the weights carrying the 60 kilos. Uh, she looks pretty well placed uh, with 54 kilos on her back. She gets in on the minimum. Her trials have been really... Her jump outs and trials have been really sharp leading in. As I said, she races really well down the straight. Her form last campaign around the likes of Aspora, Baller, Rock and Horse, that all reads very well for a race of this nature. And as I said, her jump out control have indicated that she looks to come back well. She goes well fresh. 
nice middle gate for Daniel Moore. I think she's the deserved favourite. I think she's the one to beat. Uh, going to save on number six, Duchess of Source said, I actually had something on her first up at the Valley. thought she was a little stiff there not to win that race, uh, won by track specialist Lady Folly. And she's had a bit of uh, fixed odd support in the early markets, and she might be getting somewhere back to her best. She looks as if she just lost her way. She didn't really come up at her last couple of um, her last couple of campaigns, but she looks like she might be back on track. She jumped out well prior to that uh, first up run at Mooney Valley, and uh, second up here, I think she can run well. She's run well down the straight before, so a double figure. I was happy to save on her, but think for instance, are clearly the one to beat. Okay, that's your thoughts to race number one. Let's go down the page, race seven, and it is the TAB Australian Cup. Group one, wait for rage over the 2,000 metres. Big field to go around here. At time of recording, we know the eight Maritino, the Western Australian, comes out. So Yafet will get a start, the first emergency. But again, that's that time of recording. So check those final scratchings, etc. before placing your bets. But what's your thoughts on the TAB Australian Cup? First thoughts are I wouldn't mind one more scratching, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. Uh, yeah, I think we've said this probably in the Australian Cup over the last few years where we've done this podcast. It's not a vintage Australian Cup. It's certainly not uh, the headline horses that we've seen from yesteryear, but it's a very competitive race. Uh, Cascadian backs up from the All-Star Mile last week in his favourite. Uh, I think he's well enough found in the market here, given the price that he went around last Saturday in the All-Star Mile. He, you know, he's gone around 20 to 1 in that, and he's under $4 here, stepping up to the 2000. He got every conceivable chance uh, in that All-Star Mile. That was one hell of a ride by Ben Mallum, and uh, he, he got close, and he ran super race. But, yeah, I think he's certainly well enough found here. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing it. Um, gee, Moonga gets his chance here. <laughs> I know a lot of people <laughs> said it last week because uh, he was backed off the map as he ran, but he was three thirty into two ninety. He's just he's just got all the Group One form. Look at his last five runs. He's beaten two lengths by Animo. He's beaten less than half a length in the McKinnon by Zaki. Length and a half twice behind Animo this preparation and. Yeah, he was soundly beaten last start, beaten in the round, but he's beaten five and a half lengths. But you take Jabai Honor out, he's running a pretty close second. Uh, that horse obviously, yeah, you know, he bolted him in the round at the uh, European Galloper. So his form just looks so superior to all the others in the race. So we, I've already mentioned that it doesn't look a strong Australian Cup. You've got horses coming out of lower grade. You've got a horse like Right You Are, who's pretty much single figures. Uh, you know, he's struggling a fair few wins together, but right in a while, he could win a regular Saturday race a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and Malunga's the same price. Uh, I just think he gets his opportunity. There doesn't look to be a lot of speed. They were quite positive on him in the round, but I, I don't know whether they will try that those tactics again. It's certainly there to be positive because there's so little speed, but I'm not sure how effective it was for him. Uh but at the same time, this might be a race where if he gets in front, they might be finding it pretty hard to get past him. I, I just everywhere I look at the race, I just kept coming back to him, and I think at around the seven to eight dollars, he, he he's a pretty good price. So I, I would think come the time they jump, he starts a bit closer to Cascading in the market. And Cascading's in as short as three thirty, three twenty in some places at the moment. Uh, 
given I can get 750 about Malunga. He's a bet for mine. Uh, he hasn't won for a while, but I think he gets his opportunity here on Saturday. I think his stable mate, Numerian, is a big chance. I thought he was really good first up. I, he looked to troll terribly going into that race, but I thought he stuck on really well. He kind of carried the field up to keep and deny knowledge. They look like they were going to run past him, and then he was coming again on the line. He's another that could be a real beneficiary here of there being no speed in the race. I think hoping Jamie Mott, who's not the most positive of rider, uh, he's normally a jockey that does like to take a sit, but I think he'll be pretty positive here. I think Numerian's definitely going to land in the first two or three. Um, from that position, it uh, might be one of those races where the horse with the best run wins, and he's come around the 17 to $18 mark, so I think he can run well. I think Luna Flair's big odds uh, at around the 40 to 1 mark. Very good in the blamey, was getting through the line nicely late, second up to the 2000. She's got a very good record here at Flemington. She's just a very good horse on her day. I think she's massive overs, and she's got uh, Group 1 winning jockey, Group 1 winning jockey machine in Mickey D on board, who just keeps winning. So I think you can definitely have something on her at 40 to 1. And second emergency championessa gets a start, the New Zealander, uh, you can definitely make sure you're having something on it. It's around the 20 to 1 mark. If it gains a start, draws to get a gun run, she's an off-speed galloper. I think you'll find from the good draw, if she gets a start here, she'll sit closer in the run. But... She matched motors with Sharp and Smart in New Zealand uh, recently. Her, some of her runs have been enormous from the back of the field. Uh, I don't think if she runs here, she's going to be that far off the speed. So if she gets into the field, I'd definitely be having something on her because it's the type of Australian Cup that she could measure up in quite easily. Uh, there we, we go. Uh, Moonga on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on top, he's the main bet. Uh, and then saving on... Luna Flair and you, Miriam, at double-figure odds and happy to back uh, Campionessa as well if it gains a start. So where does Campionessa sit if it gains a start in your order? It would be my second pick. It okay. would be my second pick behind Malunga, yeah. I think she, she's a pretty handy She's a pretty handy mare. Uh, you get to watch some of her replays on the New Zealand Racing website. Uh, she's, a, <laughs> she's a pretty exciting horse. She gets back, she hits the line hard, and like I said, it's not a strong Australian cup, so I, I think that mm. form will measure up. Uh, through sharp and smart and the like. Alright, so important to follow those final scratchings there, but clearly the on-top selection three, Mawunga, if it gains a start, 18, Campionessa, and also save us there on Numerian, and the bigger odds, well the really big odds, is Luna Flair, which is the 12, so an interesting addition of the Australian Cup. Alright, let's move to uh, race number 8 on the program, Choice Flooring Handicap, this one is over 1,400 metres, and uh, this one for the three-year-olds and upwards, so an open handicap. Your thoughts here on the eight? Yeah, a bit of a tricky race. Right? A couple of horses like uh, Pinstripes up the top that have, uh, yeah, haven't made uh, winning a regular habit in recent times. And we also see the return of Alation, who was once the big boom horse before the Menzie last spring, and he failed there, and we haven't seen him since. Uh, his trials have been... I, I've been not sold on his jump outs and trials leading into this first up run. Uh, I think he's a big risk. He's come up the $3.70 favourite. Pinstripe's come up the $6.30 favourite. I just need to see Pinstripe do it again. And, yeah, as I said with Elation, uh, 
I, I, this is a pretty hot race for him to come into first up. He draws wide. Mm. Uh, and that all led me to think that number 14, Daytona Bay, would be very, very hard to beat. Uh, had the two runs back now, didn't have a lot of luck first up from a spell. Uh, and then second up was pretty much on the heels of the likes of Scalapini and Munamek. Uh, that form looks really strong. We've seen Scalapini and Munamek come out and win since. So I just think he's gets a perfect run. He can either lead or sit just off the speed. I think he lands in the first couple for Lyndon Each. Uh, from that position on the minimum way, he looks really hard to beat. So I would be very surprised if come the time they jump, he doesn't start favourite at the moment. He's around the 424.40 mark. Relations around the 370 mark. I'd be very surprised if that doesn't flick, uh, flip around come the time they jump. Pretty keen, number 14, Daytona Bay. Saving on a couple. The first one is from the Mike Moroni yard, number six, not an option. Very similar form lines as Chase Holmes, Scalapini at his past couple as well as Star Patrol first up. So I think that form's good. Uh, I didn't think he had every chance last start, but uh, this, yeah, he dodges Scalapini and Munamek here, uh, draws a middle to wide gate on the home track. He comes around the 20 dollar mark. I just thought that looked a, a fair bit of overs in that market and I think he can run well at that price and the other one at a huge price we had a little bit of a pardon me, we had a little bit of a nibble at him first up was number 5, Milton Park. Uh, he tried to go toe for toe with Scalapini up front and that didn't work out. He weakened to finish back in the field. Traditionally he does go much better second up and this is a race where the map looks pretty kind. Him and Daytona Bay really do look like they're going to land in front, uh, particularly of East India Man, who's the 983rd dual acceptor of the weekend, <laughs> uh, goes, to, goes to Mooney Valley on Friday night, which looks a slightly easier option, so I think that might be the case. Uh, that would mean that Milton Park and Daytona Bay really look to get control of the race in front. Milton Park at 50 to 1, it's just the type of race him and that John Maloney stable bob up and get a big odds winner at. So I think you can have a peanut on him, but pretty keen Daytona Bay. I think he's going to be very hard to beat. I'd be surprised if he doesn't start favourite. I uh, can save on not an option in Milton Park at figure odds. All right, so that's a look at racing across the weekend, whether it's Flemington on the Saturday, Moody Valley on the Friday night, so a couple of days to consider. What's, what's the best across the weekend? Uh, very good question. I think it is in race eight on Saturday at Flemington, number fourteen, Daytona Bay. I think just at the just at that price, if you can secure some of that four dollars plus, uh, I think that's a good bet and a good price. And I think he's clearly the one to beat. We'll make him the best. Race eight, number fourteen, Daytona Bay. All right, he is the best of the weekend. Now, puntingbaron.com.au, plenty happening, plenty on the site. Not only the the dual group one meetings from. Melbourne this weekend, but of course covering racing here, there and everywhere and especially as we head towards like you touched on, we go to Bendigo next week, we've got the championships that kicks off, as you say the bull's not far away racing everywhere all the time so pretty good opportunity and a cheap option to jump on board and subscribe to the Punting Baron. It certainly is and uh, we're due a change of fortune we've had some sick beats in the last four or five days, I'll tell you that's uh, probably not a bad sign to jump on board because we're due a change of luck, but yes we've got both Group 1 meetings from Mooney Valley and Flemington covered, we'll also have the big meeting at Rose Hill, the Tancred meeting we'll have that covered and then obviously 
massive day next Saturday with uh, the championships kicking off over the next two weeks at Randwick. Uh, that Bendigo meeting next Saturday is always a fantastic betting race. We had some really good luck there last year, getting a couple of horses up at big odds uh, for some big yeah. results. Uh, yeah. Coles Ridge and another That's one. That's the one. Ridge came straight down the middle. Yep, Coles Ridge yeah, for Arthur Pace. Yeah, Flash R. Flash R, that's it. So, no, so that's, uh, so that's always a really good punning meeting. Uh, looking forward to that. And as you said, uh, Warrnambool's not too far away. I think probably just over five weeks, I think. So we're counting down to the ball. Uh, we always love a, love a bet and a win down there. So plenty happening. Uh, as you said, really affordable option. Only $6 a week. Uh, subscription start from. And if you sign up for the whole year, it's 159.95, which works out to just be $3 a week to go to punningbarons.com.au and check all that out. Yep, that's the website. Jump on board, become a baron today. Hopefully we'll help you find a winner or two across the weekend. Shane, as always, thanks for joining us and hopefully it's a winning one. Let's hope so, mate. Good luck. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Racing Nation with James O'Shea.